Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hey, everyone. Oh, my God. We're back. (laughs) We're back. Um, You know, we knew we would come back if there was a big update. And there is. What do you know? Yeah. What do you know? Jamie Spears officially no longer conservator of Britney Spears. It took way too long, but here we are. Uh, Here we are. What a happy week. What a huge, huge happy week. Uh, Yeah. Not only is Jamie Spears out, we'll get into it more later, but we also have a date set to terminate the conservatorship. I, my mind is so blown. So yeah, we will get into that later on. Um, First off, we just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has listened to the show, shared the show. If you've just listened to all 10 episodes and you're just hearing this one, you know, this one's going to be a little bit more different than our other ones, more casual combo just about what went down. We just felt like we needed to check in with each other and you guys because this is a game changer. I This is, I, I mean, yeah, this is everything that the Free Britney movement has been working for and that we've been, you know, trying to advocate for. So we're very, very um, excited to talk about it. And yeah, share with you guys, you know, we were both there at the courthouse. Uh, we're recording this. This is two days after. So... Let's just let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about that that fateful day. That day in downtown Wednesday, Los Angeles. September 29th. <laughs> um, and um also by the way, I realized that these are always Britney's hearings are always on Wednesdays. Because Oh yeah, you're right. That's the day I have my Spanish lesson and I always have this like surreal moment where I like take my little hour long Spanish lesson and then I'm like, "Okay, got to go see history get made." <laughs> same. I have the cuz you at the same time I have a work meeting and I was in my work meeting um, and they they usually ask me for Britney updates, and I was wearing a turtleneck, and I was like, yes, I'm wearing a turtleneck for a reason. I'm going to court today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we do need to talk about your outfit because it was on point. You were serving some madmen realness, like you had I, I, beautiful. Yeah, I was like, skirt. I'm doing it this time. <laughs> Because uh, I, I haven't, usually it's Tess who goes in the courtroom and I just happen to get the, you know, so they only let one media person from each publication in. So you have to apply and then they send you the thing. So I happen to get it. And yeah, I went like full, like I had like Joan, I had like a green turtleneck with a high-waisted black skirt and leopard boots. I was like, I'm I'm going to come correct for this fucking hearing. And you really did. And it was kind of fun switching places because like I normally am inside so I I don't wear like Britney stuff and like free Britney stuff if I'm going into the courtroom. So I'm usually dressed pretty conservatively. And then I come outside and all everybody's looking all cute and pink and Britney like. So this time I wore like a Britney t-shirt and a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to trade places um, for a day. So first off, just starting from the inside, it was, you know, we've seen these grow over the years. And I will say I wanted to shout out because I was thinking when I was sitting in there waiting that Tess had gone to her first hearing in November 2018, so almost three years ago, um, and there was no one. There was two other reporters there, right? Mm-hmm. And they and were they both were like buddy buddy with with Andrew Wallet and Sam Ingham, and it was the right. woman from The Blast who previously had been at Radar Online, and then there was someone there from I want to say like ET or, or something like. There was two like kind of like entertainment, and they were sort of like it was nothing. They were just there because like. 
whatever. Well, I mean, they certainly didn't report on what you did. No, you know? no, 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 no. That's no, all no, we no. need to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you could tell they were kind of annoyed. Like, they were like, why are we even here? Let's get in and out. And I specifically remember the reporter, not only was she, like, super buddy-buddy with Andrew Wallet in the hall. Like, they were all old friends. And I specifically remember her talking to Andrew Wallet about, like, how could anyone say anything bad about Britney's conservatorship? I mean, it's obviously when you look at how much it's helped her so much. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Like, for as dodgy as all, like, the, the, the Britney and Jamie side of the legal team was for all those years, I mean, they were definitely very cozy with those type of reporters before right. all the shit went down. Yeah, I feel like the difference between that, like, there, this was, like— we had to get in line in our ordered numbers. Apparently, people had been there since 7 a.m. because there was like 11 public spots available trying to get those. It was a full-on circus, like pun intended, obviously. <laughs> so it was just like ridiculous. I was sat between. I was sat next to a woman from The Blast and her and all the other you know reporters were talking to each other. So it was just like very intense. What were they talking um, about? I'm curious to know how that conversation has changed in three years. You know, they weren't talking about Britney. It was just like normal. Like they were talking about like, oh, I was I was on this case and I was on this case, just access to the courts and stuff like that. So they obviously all had like the the court beat and they were the people who were always at the courthouse. But actually, it's really funny. They almost didn't give me they almost didn't let me in because I didn't have like a hard you have to have the sheriff's like press pass thing. And they almost didn't. Because I had, like, literally had my shitty, like, I had used an old festival, like, badge to, like, put in my Stitcher one. Anyway, they gave it to me. But I did have to check my phone. That was a, a lot of reporters didn't. But some of us, they the people who they knew were free Britney, they made check their phones. Oh, so you, I, I thought everyone had to check their phone. I thought so, too. But then I realized that it was only a few of us. Yeah, because so. when I was there in July, I didn't have to check my phone because I was media. But they, the general public had to check their phone. So the, oh, right. Okay. That yeah. So they like definitely designated certain people to be like, no, you're not getting your phone in. So I don't blame them after all the shit that's happened. Whatever you know. But um, yeah. So we so we went in. It was packed to the brim. Um, I saw a few free Britney people there who luckily got in. So you know, I think they're excited about that. And I was over on the left hand side. The only people in the courtroom, lawyer wise, were um some of. Britney's lawyers and Yasha Brownstein, who is on Lynn's team. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was Matt Rosengart and then one of his partners with him. And so, and I didn't see this till later, but we saw he's wearing a bright pink tie. Oh. Obviously, the free Britney color. Iconic. <laughs> Absolutely iconic. I don't know what it is about that bright pink tie. I was already on Team Rosengart, obvi. But yeah, that was but like... He, Thoughtful, adorable little gesture. It was very cute. It was it was awesome. And so, so what was the vibe like when you sat down? I mean, it was just like, it was, yeah, electric. Like, you know, this is everything that was on the table. Possible termination of the actual conservatorship, suspension of Jamie. And then they were wanted to talk about all these fees because they've been arguing over all the fees. Like, Rosengard had come out recently being like, uh, we're not going to pay Jamie any of this shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. There was a lot that could happen, but basically, so everyone checks in online. Brittany was not there. Brittany was not on the line. It was just lawyers. Jamie and Lynn were on the line by phone. I couldn't see them, but they were by phone. So you got one more Jamie Spears. Jamie Spears here. <laughs> yeah. So one more of those. Ingham was on the line. Yeah. So I saw people tweeting about that. Do you know why he was there? He was there to ask to get paid. Ah, that's rich. <laughs> that's. Quite thought, literally rich. It's I I thought I like saw it because I could everyone was very small on the screen, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Ingham before he even said his name. And I was like, why would he be here? And then yeah, he was there. So they had to sit through this whole like hour long hours long thing to just barely be like, but wait, I want my money. And then they no. were like, No, we're doing that later. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Oh my god. It so Ingham. Great. I mean the I mean the humiliation of having to watch the guy who's ninety five thousand times better at your job than you were come and dance circles around your ass wearing a hot pink tie, <laughs> and then at the end of it all have the gall to ask to get paid your exorbitant legal fees. This reminds me of what the time that I quit the coffee bean by not showing up anymore, and then I still marched my ass in there two weeks later and asked for my paycheck. Of course. I mean, it was a very I quit coffee bean move. Um, 
And, and also as though you stood through an entire work shift and then because <laughs> he had to sit there the whole time. So anyway, he was there for some reason. Yeah. So basically the whole so it was, you know, it was a showdown immediately. It was Rosengart versus Vivian Thorine, who has been the as of recent, you know, main person talking for Jamie. Gerald Cohen and Geraldine Wilde, who are on Jamie's team, have long ago stopped talking. It's mostly Vivian now. Probably for the best. So they were they were going at it for a while and not doing an amazing job. I mean, I will say Vivian, she is a very good lawyer. She mm. knew what she was doing. You know, she she was arguing her ass off. So so it was two points. So Rosengart said, We want to suspend Jamie today. We want to get him out of here. Brittany does not want to wake up tomorrow having this man in her life anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And he just kept saying, he said the word, by the way, he said the word toxic multiple times in his argument. Oh so <laughs> I just love him. Yeah. So he just said, Brittany said it herself. You know, she said this man's abusive. He's cruel. He's toxic. She doesn't want him in his life and her, her life anymore. Then Vivian's argument was, well, let's just terminate the whole conservatorship altogether. I don't see why we don't just end it today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was based. So and obviously, I think from some, you know, logical point, if you're just looking at why don't we just end it now, then you're like, well, yeah, why don't we just do that? But knowing what's going on and also that if Vivian Thorin's asking for that, then, you know, it's not the right (laughs) option. Right. A hundred percent. If it's something, you know, it's protecting Jamie and Rosengart said, well, why do you want to end it right? Why would we want to end it? What do you have to hide? He actually said, said, what do you have to hide? Yes. And how did because, she respond? Well, his, he, that was during, he was kind of going on these long, like, long uh, rants. But um, basically, his point was, we want to get in a new, con-, he said, this is our plan. We're going to get in a new conservator, and then we're going to terminate the conservatorship within the next 30 to 45 days. Mm. So that's our, so he wanted to do discovery on Jamie. He wanted to bring in a new conservator so that they could have access to all of the documents, the communications between Jamie and his lawyers, Woo. which he he said fully, I believe that is where we will find the corruption. Like that's he, he said the said word that. corruption. Yes, he said the wow. word corruption. So he said, like that's where I think we're going to find everything. That's why I think we need to do this. We owe it to Brittany to do it this way. But still, it's going to end. We just want to have access to everything that we can have access to. So, yeah, I'm in there writing furiously by hand because they're not allowing us to, you know, bring in anything. And it's so hard, right, because they're passing back and forth, like, so many legal terms and everything, and you're trying to get everything right. Yeah, I will say that, like, this one was, like, it was very straightforward. It was just Rosengart would make his stance. Vivian would make her stance. They both went back and forth about three times each, I I would should say. uh So, and it was just kind of the same arguments. It was a very, it was a duel, you know. I have to say, no, my expectation going into this was that, like you said, because you're like from a just a regular standpoint, you're kind of like, why wouldn't you just end it? And that is honestly what I thought was going to happen. And I wasn't mad about it. I was like, yeah, let's just get her out. Um, Because I just thought, I think the courts probably had enough of this. Like how much money is going to, I mean, outside the courthouse, we can get into a little bit more later what was going on out there. But like they had like at least a handful of sheriffs guarding both entrances they had the street shut down. I mean, it probably impeded a lot of the other cases that were going on that day. It's got to be like a huge thorn in their side. So that's why totally. I was like, knowing what I know about the way the courts seem to operate, they seem to go the route of like the the path of less resistance. So I yeah, sort of it, thought the judge was going to do that. So I think it's really a testament to how well it sounds like Rosengart persuaded her to not And do I do think, yeah. Well, should we, let's talk. Okay. So we kind of, that's what was going on inside the courtroom. What, what was the vibe outside? Like, tell me about outside. So outside, you know, obviously you and I have been to like every rally since <laughs> April. Yeah. Um, this one by far exceeded the others just in size, energy, uh, and just total disruption of downtown Los Angeles. So <laughs> it was so surreal when I walked up because for those of you guys who don't live in L.A., I mean, where Stanley Mosque is is really kind of like the middle of downtown L.A. It's where Grand yeah. Park is, which is like this really, that's where the Women's March speeches are. That, anytime there's a big protest in L.A., it's in Grand Park. It's sort of that area. Um, so I walk up, and it was like exactly like when I showed up to the Women's March. Like I was just, I got goosebumps just by looking at how many people had crowded Grand Avenue. And it was just this sea of pink. It was just like <laughs> a sea of pink 
many, many people had those giant Free Britney flags and they were like waving in the wind. And it was like the Free Britney LA organizers had put up this stage in the middle of the street that had this big Free Britney step and repeat. I mean, it was like not your mama's protest. Like we were not <laughs> fucking around. And so it was, it was like, you know, obviously like the other ones have been really impressive and there's been really cool like signs and stuff like that. But this one was like, we did it. Like this is an actual situation we've caused here. The media was just insane. The entire sidewalk was just cameras and microphones and reporters and, and guys in vans waiting around. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really, really, like, electric kind of vibe. And also it was different from the other ones, too, because I think, like like you were saying, inside the courthouse, it was kind of a win-win situation. Right. So it was a very, like, positive vibe. Yeah, it was really, like, this thing's ending or Jamie's getting out. These are both two. We... Enjoy both of these options. Obviously, we, you know, want Jamie to be held accountable and everyone else to be held accountable. And if that's what this needs, whatever. But the fact that these are both of our options, you can't, like, I, I was feeling good. I was like, this is the first time I ever, like, coming to one of these in my gut have been like, oh, my God, like, something good's going to happen. Like, the first time ever. Yeah. And I think everyone felt that way. And another thing that was, like, so staggering besides just the uh, the level of pink and the beautiful signs and just the number of people was the number of people that were there from out of town. It wasn't just, like, a handful of people. Like, dozens of people had flown in for this. Oh, this was a destination for many people. I know many people who have been in Free Britney for quite a, a long time, and this was their first one. They were like, I'm not missing this one. This is the one to come to. So inside, Vivian's saying, you know— my 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 client has a spotless record of yearly accounting reports. The probate investigators come in multiple times and never had any problem with it. You know, everything, all of this crap. And then, you know, what was really amazing is that finally, finally, Rosengart talked about the domestic violence restraining order against Jamie. Thank God. I remember when that happened. And if you guys don't know this story, Jamie we talked about it in, I think, episode eight. August 2019 is when Jamie Spears allegedly broke down a door and had a physical altercation with one of Britney's sons. And right then and there, Kevin Federline got a restraining order against Jamie between him and the boys and Kevin Federline. So we figured, well, that's it. There's no yeah. way that Sam Ingham's not going to bring this to the table. And it was never talked about, never discussed once. Finally, we're hearing this in court from Rosengart. How could you let this man continue to be her conservator when he's done when he did this? And then he brought up, and this is something we'll go more in depth to uh, at the second half of the episode. But he brought up evidence that had been recently uncovered by the New York Times, in which they had made you know the security guard to come forward and said all this crazy shit had happened that they had bugged Brittany's room and listened to 180 hours of her in private conversations that they in had a mirrored bedroom. phone. A mirrored phone where they watched all of her communications and everything she did on her phone from an iPad. Like disgusting, disgusting violations of privacy, illegal violations of privacy. Mm -hmm. And so he brought all that up. He was like, what you, the fuck is this? Were you able to clock Penny's face at all when he was talking about that stuff? Because that's something I've always been curious about is like. To me, the abuse of a child is, like, one of those things that I think we – it's just, like, so binary, right? You either did or didn't. Yeah. Like, you're either a child abuser or you're not. Like, I think it's one of those things that I, I hope as a society, it's like, well, clearly, if you do that, you can't be put in a position of trust. But he was, and he was left in a position of trust. So, like, did Penny register I, that I, you know, I was so busy taking notes that I didn't catch her – it's hard It's hard with the masks on and everything to see, you know? I mean, you could tell she was she – was, listening and like I could see her eyes widen at certain points because that's the thing is they don't we don't know what's been brought to her before we don't even know if she knew about that you know I don't know so, I don't know if I buy that do you buy that that there's any possibility Penny didn't know about it at all I'm sure she probably did but I I I have no idea I obviously yeah. can't say so you know he was definitely arguing it in a very very passionate way so she was definitely taking it all in for sure um and so Vivian Thoreen's argument against against Rosengart saying, like, you know, they, they've possibly bugged her residence and all this stuff. She was like, um, you're going to take something from a TV show and use that against my client? She kept saying TV show to reference a documentary film in which she participated in the first part of. Yeah. So honey, you weren't doing a co-star on 24, honey. <laughs> yeah. 
No. She kept calling it a TV show to try and and disregard it. It was just so funny. And so, like, throughout the whole thing, you saw Vivian really starting to grasp at straws. You know, the TV show was definitely, definitely part of that. Um, So, yeah, it was basically just this back and forth, back and forth. And then, and then um, Penny looked it all over and she said, you know what? Like, according to the probate code, I believe that what we should do today is we should suspend Jamie Spears. And then she said, effective immediately, I'm suspending him and I'm appointing this new guy that Rosengarder wanted, Zabel, mm-hmm. effective immediately. And then what was what was the mood when that news came down? I mean, I I was having, you know, a hard time, like not <laughs> <laughs> it's like screaming at the top of my lungs. I mean, luckily I ha- I was there Nelson, there uh, one of you know, a free Britney supporter who's been so amazing and awesome over the years was in eyesight to me. And we both just like turned to each other. We're just making like, holy shit, holy shit eyes over our masks. So, I mean, I was, I kept saying that to myself. I kept saying, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And I think the reporters on either side of me were like, what the fuck is this girl doing? <laughs> so I, I was like freaking out. It was just like, oh my God, it finally happened. And we have also thought, when we came to court many times before that like it was maybe about to happen we thought maybe he was actually going to step down i can't even believe we ever thought that that was he was actually going to do it himself (laughs) but like so many years of just you know since since we've started investigating hoping that this would end but obviously for britney i mean 13 years this man came into her life she didn't even want him in her home and then he he took over everything Mm -hmm. and just knowing that she was going to wake up the next day and know that she doesn't have to do a single fucking thing this man says ever again ever again that was my first thought was obviously i think everyone's first thought was britney like what (laughs) must that have been like what a weight off of her chest just (sighs) ah he's out yeah He's out. So what was it like? So what? It's a, we went on recess pretty quickly after that, but um, um, yeah. So I mean, outside, you know, this was by far, I think, one of the longest hearings that, if not the, I think it was the longest hearing we've ever been to. It was because normally, oh, even, it was very long. Even yeah. when there's quite a bit to be discussed, like I think the longest penny I've seen her let it go is like two hours with a recess. But you guys were in there quite a long time before before penny recessed, and um, so. When the hearing first started, you know, it was still kind of like everyone was marching through the streets and we had speakers talking and it was like this very kind of like exciting electric energy. And uh, it was very cool to see like the march through the streets because, again, like it was just so demonstrative of how many people were there. So it was like very high energy, very let's do this. But then like after like 45 minutes, that kind of dissipated (laughs) and everyone just got really nervous and quiet. So for like at least 45 minutes or an hour, it was literally just like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people just like walking around, pacing around. Because we weren't, I will say, um, Brittany Law Army, I guess, was allowed to bring their phone in because they were coming out. They didn't, they, yes, but you know what they were doing? They had a plan. Yes. So it seems like they brought multiple people in and then they would leave the room Right. So it was very strict. You could not re-enter if you left the room. Um, so, yeah, they had multiple people coming out and reporting. Yeah. So we were getting – everyone was kind of following what they were telling us. So we were getting, like, periodic updates of what was happening from that feed. Um, and so – but, you know, nothing conclusive. It was just like, yeah, Rosengart is saying that he – that Jamie Spears is abusive. Vivian Thorian is saying we got to get rid of the whole conservatorship. We had nothing – we had no idea what was going to – what was going to come out. So everyone's just nervously pacing around. I was standing by the front doors on our Instagram live trying to update like the online audience about what was going on. And then finally, somebody just screamed, Jamie's suspended. And the whole crowd, like it went from being like silent and tense to just like instant celebration, like zero to 90. Everyone's screaming. People were falling to the ground, hugging. Everyone was just like cheering. It was a very, very like strangers hugging strangers like it was very very um there was this incredible person in front of me who had free britney shaved into their head oh my um, god yeah so uh, you know everyone it was very 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 uh uh it was very exuberant yeah when the news came down 
Yeah, I should. I got confused. They did. They did take a recess, but nothing was decided then. So yeah, we came back and then that was. So from that point, I was like, I was just sitting there like dying, and I wanted to come out so badly and just like talk to everybody. But you know, we had to continue sitting there, and then they started talking about, okay, well, what's next, basically, and and Rosengart said, I want to. I, he was like on as soon as she made that thing, she was like, he was like, great, here we go. Here's the they had the lawyer for the new conservator was already there. He stepped in. He was like, hi, I'm here to represent Mr. Z- Zabel. And so he was there. He was ready. They discussed like, oh, well, how quickly can you get all the documents over to this guy? And Vivian was like, uh, uh, what? Like, you mean all of them? Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah. All of them. Sorry. Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> And so they were talking about all the stuff. Then the fee stuff came up. And basically, Jody Montgomery, current conservator of the person, was trying to get paid. Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's extend this to later so we don't have to deal with it today because there's so much shit going on. And Vivian, this is when she really started trying to put her foot down because she needed a little win. Sure. She needed. She was like, I need something. So she was like, I don't, I need to, I don't want to accept this. Can we, can we delay it? And Penny was like, well, you've had plenty of months to object to this, and you have never have. So we might just go ahead and say at least yes to this one today. And so Vivian kept being like, I just want to object. I want to object. And it was just like you could tell she was a little like, temper tantrum. Yeah, like freaking out. And so, you know, that was just kind of going on. And then Ingham steps in. He's like, I also want to get paid. And <laughs> the <that> was... nerve. <laughs> I just can't get over the nerve. Like, they like, how, are you, how are you showing your face? I can't even believe That's you're showing your thing. face here. Particularly after Rosengard did bring up the, the Jamie Spears child abuse charges and all that. It's like, you, sir, Mr. Ingham, let that happen and did nothing to use that to keep your client safe. And you still have the nerve to ask for more money after you've been milking Britney's estate for a decade and a half, essentially? Yeah. It the level of greed and just shamelessness is staggering. Also, obviously, the my predominant emotion is just like so much happiness for Britney, but I did feel like very much immediately, like right after we got the news, I just had this really overwhelming sense also of like god damn it. That's all it took was a lawyer that actually was her lawyer. Like what a tragedy. I know. What a tragedy that that 13 years ago, if somebody had just had one, a modicum of a spine, they could have just come in and like actually advocated for Britney 13 years ago and and how much of this could have been avoided. And I guess, you know, we're going to go to a break soon, but we're going to talk about, you know, it sounds like there's legislation now, another big piece of news, there's legislation now that's just got signed by the California governor, Gavin Newsom, that is going to give conservatives the ability to always choose their own lawyer, which is such a pivotal piece of this. No, I, you're right. It's so, There's just so many emotions wrapped up in it. Like, just thinking about what she's been through all this time and the fact that there's an end in sight. So, yeah, the, the you know, the end of the um, hearing was basically them trying to find a date. And Rosengart said, I want to put a date down for termination. I want a hearing specifically so we can terminate this conservatorship. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. And they said it November 12th. He said, I want her out by her by her birthday. So she'll be turning 40 December 2nd. And he said, I want her, I want her this terminated by her birthday. So he wasn't fucking around. I mean, he knows he can't say that and not follow through on it because the B army will have his fucking head. Yes. Like he was like, I'm getting in, I'm getting these files, and we are ending this goddamn thing, you know? I love how beholden he is to the public opinion, and that's exactly <laughs> what we needed. Um, yes. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the shocking revelations in the most recent New York Times documentary. We're going to talk about everything that was leading up to this incredible day, and uh, like I mentioned, the real actual change that has now been enacted because of everybody's activism and because of Britney's case. We'll be right back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. We're back. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, we gave you the rundown of what was going on that day at the courthouse. I mean, just... You know, the, and then afterwards, obviously, the news heard around the world. I was getting texts from everybody. Were you getting contacted? Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, every, the news alerts are everywhere. Jamie's out. And it was actually real this time. You know, there had been a report uh, a few months ago that said he'd stepped down, but this was legit. He's out. So, yeah, it was very, very exciting. So we just want to talk about a little bit about all the stuff that led up to this because it has just been – and it's been a wild ride for the last few years – reporting in the story, but especially the last like month or so has been especially just a roller coaster. Um, Brittany had just gotten engaged a few weeks ago and was posting that on her Instagram and then her Instagram got deleted and we're all like, what the hell's going on? Then there was a weird tweet from her Twitter that was like, I'm just enjoying my engagement, which she never tweets. So that was like, okay. It was making me nervous because I was like, as much as we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, She's still under the control of these same people. And at this point, like, I was, I, frankly, I've been nervous all summer. Because I mm-hmm. do feel that the, <laughs> it's an understatement to say that the this California court system has failed Brittany. But the fact that Brittany spoke so candidly about the abuse that she was enduring and then was sent to be under the care of those same people for another three months has made me sick to my stomach all summer. Right. And especially, so... You know, there's been so much media about this, obviously, but I think that the most important thing that came out was that the New York Times, like, dropped out of nowhere, Beyonce style, dropped a second part to their series. So they had Framing Britney Spears, which came out in February. And then the Friday before her court hearing, they dropped Controlling Britney Spears, which we really highly recommend watching this follow-up to the first one. Basically, they're talking, they got a security guard who worked for nine years very, very closely with Black Box Security, who was Britney's security firm that was hired by Jamie. And he had dirt. He He's the one who told about, you know, we had an iPhone that got hooked up to an iPad. It showed us all of her messages, her locations, her searches, her Instagram, everything. Everything. And I mean, we should say, you know, we've mentioned it in, in earlier episodes of Toxic, but this was something that was really consistent with people that we talked to who were close to Brittany is like, that was a consistent thing. of like, I feel like my conversations with her are being bugged. We know, we know yes. from, from our own firsthand sources that Brittany frequently complained that she felt that her conversations were being surveilled. Um, so it wasn't like a total shock, but, no. to, but, but it was incredibly revelatory uh, reporting by the New York times and an incredible bravery from Alex, the security guard, who clearly put himself at great risk to expose that. Because I think it was so important to have someone on record saying that because it's such an absurd accusation mm-hmm. that as much as people might have suspected that that was going on, and certainly as much as Brittany was probably talking about it, until you had someone admitting it straight up, I think that's something that's very easy to dismiss as, as paranoid thinking or as, or as a conspiracy theory, because it's just so disturbing. Right. And he, yeah, he also said that, you know, they had bugged her bedroom 
and had over 180 hours of tape of her with her children, her with her partners, her talking to her lawyer, everything. And you're right. Like, this is the kind of stuff that we knew. And, you know, we knew that they were, you know, surveilling her, that she felt like she was being surveilled often. But it is, you to get it confirmed in this sense, it's just like, God, like, there's so many things you thought, like, this can't be real, right? Like, they can't actually be doing this to this person. And then again, it's confirmed. And it's just like, it's so harrowing. And on that tip, the New York Times also uh, revealed that that same security guard told them that they had, at the onset of Free Britney, started to surveil people in the Free Britney, a handful of people in the Free Britney movement, including you and I. They did. They um. There were photos in in the documentary controlling Britney Spears surveillance photos of us at the very first Free Britney rally in West Hollywood in April 2019. From across the street, you can see someone was taking photos of us and probably in talking to us. Yeah, because they also, in addition to taking photos of us, had like plants at these at this protest. And like one thing that was very bizarre about that to me is that a first protest in West Hollywood in April 2019 was very small. Very small. So yeah, it was I'm, like 25 people. I'm certain that we spoke with them. Like, I think we talked oh. to pretty much everyone at that. I do protest. remember a few people asking more questions than I thought, like, that seemed, I think I remember a woman, like, asking me a few more questions and would feel normal. Really? Do you remember any kind of questions she was asking I you? can't remember, like, de- I can't, it was so long ago, I can't remember the details, but I do remember just, like, feeling a little bit like, all right, like, back off, you know? Yeah, I mean, what was so disturbing about that news to me is, like, again, going back to it's very easy to gaslight yourself and feel paranoid, is that when we released the Free Britney episode of Britney's Graham, I was terrified for weeks. Like, oh, I, I legit had, when walking home at night, thought someone was watching me. Same, same. Like, I was, everywhere I was walking, I, like, had, kind of would just do, like, a 360 view. I was walking around with, like, my keys in my hand. I, I very much had the sense that I was being watched. hmm Same. And, and we might have been. And we were. <laughs> And apparently also, so the New York Times also did a companion article about this and talked about how there were dossiers on certain members of Free Britney. Megan Radford, who we had as a guest on the show, was was heavily featured. Um, Kevin Wu, who helps run all the rallies, was there. Kevin Wu, they had discussions about whether they should surveil him. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the other other favorite Britney podcast, Eat, Pray, Britney. They got a dossier. All of our besties. Wild. Yeah. Just And so, also I have to say, like, man, what a great, if you're the one getting assigned to go infiltrate the, who, the Britney protest, that has to be like a fight over that gig. Right. <laughs> that's a lot more fun than trying to wait for, like, a governor's mistress or something to come out of a hotel room. Because you get to wear a costume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, just crazy revelations please go watch controlling britney spears if you haven't yet um really well done and they made sure they put it out the friday before her hearing because they knew that there was evidence in it that could help britney and then rosengart ended up referencing it so yeah he used it so i am just so grateful to them for their amazing work um, and putting that together i just want to i think this points to like another really big picture thing here that i think is so clear with with the way things have gone down with this case It's just the importance of public pressure because Mm -hmm. over and over again, I just like keep telling people like, guys, this is not, this is the first time the general public has become aware of just how horrific Britney's situation is, but this is not the first time the judges become aware of it. Certainly not the first time her previous lawyer, Samuel Ingham became aware of it. So like without public pressure on this case, I firmly believe that Britney would have never gotten out. I just don't think she would have. I I, I because so. Because look how much public pressure it took. How humiliating for the court. We shouldn't have had to close down Grand Avenue. How humiliating for your incompetence to reach a level that people are booking tickets from across the country to go tell you to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) No, truly, I don't think we would have been there without, without all of this public pressure. There's just no way. No. It was that you couldn't ignore people anymore. No. And I mean, I think that is what's so inspiring about the way things have transpired is like, I guess there is a tipping point where if you just keep going and annoying people and getting people in your life tired of hearing about the same thing over and over again and just keep staying loud and show up and do the work and be the body on the street, like eventually 
it does seem like, I guess, it does reach a tipping point. Yeah. So we just need to do this for environmentalism, uh-huh. for Racism, every other. Let's, if we can just abortion, all care bear stare our energy <laughs> into these other issues. Yes. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's incredibly inspiring. And also just, I'm so grateful, obviously, that Brittany spoke out as well, because that was also the tipping point. And even though, like you said, it's disgusting that she was still woke up the next day with the same people in charge of her, you know, I think that all this support did lead her to finally, you know, like say, to get that, to put that foot out there and say, no, I am, this is going to be public. Fuck you guys. Well, and what I think about a lot is the fact that her testimony being public was not something that she had been advised about clearly. Her previous mm-hmm. lawyer, Samuel Ingham, hadn't been like, now unless there's a reason to close the court, anything you say might be in front of a lot of people. Clearly no one had told her that. And then I think about this woman. It was a game time decision. Like she just trusted her gut to be like, no, let's keep the courtroom open. This is a woman who had had no legal advice clearly, who nobody was telling her what was going on. And she made that like, in the moment decision and it was that decision that changed everything mm-hmm. amazing god okay so there's a, two other things we talked about before we um wrap up one is project rose which she you know has referenced often what is the most recently she said you know what was the most recent project rose thing let me see project rose is something that britney's talked about a lot on her instagram yes um it this is you know not something new She's been referencing Project Rose for years. So some people thought that it was her talking about Rose and Gart, her now attorney. But we know that she probably, she was talking about it before he was in the picture. Yes. So you you have a good theory about this. So I do actually really think that Project Rose was her code name for trying to get out of the conservatorship. Because she started mm-hmm. saying it like sort of in the middle of all the Free Britney stuff. We now know in our own girl's words, the cat's out of the bag. We know that she's been fighting for a long time to get out of the conservatorship. So I think in her own kind of coded way, it was her being like, okay, I'm scheming. I'm trying. I think, you know, because sometimes she would like post um, pictures of her dancing and then it would just be like in all caps, ROSE with an exclamation point. So I really think it was like, guys, I'm I'm scheming. I'm doing my research because she said in court that she was doing research. We know know, she's trying. We know now that, yeah, she's she's obviously been fighting for quite a long time to get out of this. So I think that totally tracks. I'm I'm down with that theory for sure. So if we go um, with that, um, she had a post recently where she was talking about Project Rose, and, and I'm just going to synopsize it, but it was basically like, I already had Project Rose in the works, and then right after I thought of it, a package came to my house, and it was a bracelet with a rose on it. So sometimes things happen for a reason. So now we've established Project Rose exists. Brittany, we all know, believes in fate and things happening for a reason. So I think that Project Rose was already established. It already was her plan. Then this attorney presents himself as an opportunity for her. Brittany's like, oh, this is the universe being like, this is the guy who's going to get me out. Rose. Project yes. Rose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what Project Rose is. And that was Oh, my down. God. Yeah, that totally tracks. I, I buy that. Um, so that's... Yeah, people, you know, but that's what I love about her. Still making it a mystery. Still, you know, literally today, or she posted the day after. It's just, it's nudie pics on the gram. Mm-hmm. She's fully free. She's feeling good. She looks <laughs> and free. She, I mean, she you looks, could just feel the liberation. Yeah. Um, and then, um, well, we should, so the, right after the news came down that she that Jamie had been suspended, her immediate reaction was. Um, she posted a, a video of her flying an airplane in Hawaii and said, I'm on cloud nine uh, and did seem to throw some kind of shade at Jamie Lynn. Yeah, there was kind of like Jamie Lynn, your ship's coming or I can't. Something so, like OK, I'm going to break this down just a little bit. So Jamie Lynn's most recent post had been a picture of her kids like softball team. And she said, we brought the ship home. She used the ship emoji. She said, we brought the ship home, meaning we brought the, cha- the, the softball team brought the championship home. So right. Brittany, right after it's announced that Jamie's out, posts something saying, I'm on cloud nine. Jamie Lynn, I'm bringing the ship home. So I think it was her being like, no, bitch, like this is the championship. <laughs> I win. 
I win. Yeah, I think we all know who the real winner was yeah. that day. I also um, have to appreciate, like, I watched a few, you know, we appeared on a few different, like, news shows. And, like, everyone's wrap-up of the day was, like, Jamie's out. Her lawyer came out and gave this press conference. And Brittany herself, uh, multiple newscasters just acknowledged that Brittany was speaking in metaphor. They were like, and Brittany herself addressed the issue metaphorically, saying she's on cloud <laughs> nine. And it was like, we've gotten to the point where we've just accepted that Brittany's the Instagram account is like readable metaphor. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Um, so, and the other, so we'll, we'll wrap up with this, but you know, I think that. Wait, I have one more thing to say about. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, the other thing that happened right after the uh, news came out that Jamie was out is Sam posted on his Instagram stories. And at this point, I think we can trust Sam, I trust Sam's Instagram stories more than Britney's because we still don't know what's going on. With yeah, him. so her boyfriend, Sam. Yeah, her boyfriend, Sam, posted uh, one thing that was like, congratulations, huge win for free Britney, free Britney. Then a picture of Brit with her engagement ringing and her little red mani holding a pink rose. Oh, my God. Um. So I thought that, I mean, that's when I was like, well, now we know what Project Rose is. Another mm. reason we know that is because the manicure is the same manicure she had when she got engaged. So we know it's a slightly old photo, meaning that this was they something. They were saving th- it. Yes, they had it locked and loaded. <laughs> you know, she had that. Yeah, she's like, I know exactly what I'm using this for. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, basically, like, I think that this is just so inspiring. It, it's, you know, we're, we've gone through such a hard past few years collectively as the – you know, society. And it's just so good to see a win. And also the fact that Free Britney is moving beyond Britney. And I think that's what a lot of the movement has wanted. And it's happening. I mean, Gavin Newsom yesterday signed into law the free, the so-called Free Britney bill legislation saying that conservatives will have a right to a lawyer of their own choosing. Which, as we said before, I mean, I think there's still more protections that we're seeking as a movement. And definitely there's more work to be done in other states. And like that, it's a beginning. But as we talked about earlier in this episode, like that is such a key piece. Because we've also talked to so many people, Dorothy O'Brien, who we had on the show. Yes. Really struggle. She had to really fight tooth and nail to get her own lawyer. Yeah. Because without that, you can't, I mean, that's like... Trying to win a court case without a lawyer is like trying to ride a horse without a horse. Right. And well, and you know, you just think like 13 years ago when Sam Ingham met Brittany for 15 minutes and then said, oh, well, she's not capable of hiring her own attorney. I, I better do it. Made that money for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And he's still showing up for her, asking for her. if she had been able to hire the lawyer that she wanted at the time. We might have never this. That would be the sliding doors moment where we might. We would not be sitting here talking. I firmly believe that it was because I think that at literally every step of the way, there was a missed opportunity for Sam Ingham to be advocating for his client. Mm-hmm. I think it was his client's rights being trampled over. I, I think it seemed like that was another thing from the New York Times. It was a little bit vague whether Sam Ingham was aware of the surveillance that was going on based on his verbiage, but it seemed like he might have been. So I think this does reach a level of what can be only called corruption. Oh, speaking of corruption, we should very quickly talk about this. Um, we did do an Instagram live with Lisa McCarley, who we had on the show. Um, fantastic. And she has been digging around in the sort of like documents about that were around like Britney being conserved. And we've talked on the show about how there never was a capacity declaration signed in Britney's case. There never was any evidence that she had any kind of dementia or anything like that. And in, but there always there was always there was something in the attorney's orders that said that there was some kind of declaration from this doctor, this guy named Dr. James Spar. So we just thought, well, I don't know what this declaration is. It wasn't a capacity declaration. It turns out that it seems as though that doctor never had anything to do with Brittany's case. Yeah, his name just appeared on this thing and said that he did a declaration, one that we have never seen. Yeah. So if that's the case. I think we're looking at, like, flat-out corruption. Mm-hmm. Like, objective corruption. Fraud. So, 
I am glad, like, I didn't think this is the way it was going to go down, but I'm really, really happy that it did go down this way because, like, I just feel like when you're wronged, when someone wrongs you, like, it, you want to move past it and, like, forgive, but it's really hard to do that when you don't feel like you can have restitution. Like, when you don't feel like you've gotten your payback. And so... I'm really happy and relieved for Brittany that it seems like it's going to go this route where she's actually going to be able to like take some action against the people that have done this. Because I think that's such an important part of the healing process. Definitely. I mean, like we said, we were definitely going to be celebrating if the whole thing ended, you know, and whatever she wanted to go forward with as far as a civil suit or whatever it looks like. But the fact that they are going to be able to do discovery on Jamie and to really root around in everything that he's been doing over this last decade plus is I think gonna be, like you said, hopefully really healing for her and um, give her, you know, what she deserves. Yes, so great work, everyone. Um, I was saying before we started recording for November 12th, I think we need to have like a huge rager. Um, oh my God, I was like, we are shutting down all the street. West Hollywood is going to be ablaze in pink, Britney shirts and yeah I just can't wait you know I'm sure there will be a rally at the courthouse but I think it's mostly going to be a celebration because like I said Rosengart if you said that shit you better come through baby because we didn't forget <laughs> so yeah November 12th you guys um, you know this is going to be our last update for now if she gets out we'll we'll definitely be doing another another update episode but thank you everybody again for your support so much you know if you haven't shared the show yet with friends please share it with them we worked so hard on the show we're so proud of it and um you know leave us a review too that really helps us out and we appreciate you and all of you know your love so far and let's go we're almost there free britney Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.